Welcome to the Simple Power Podcast, where we think practically about the presence and the power of God. I'm your host, Duke Lamastra, and this is episode 55. In this week's episode, we're going to talk about a particular aspect of hearing the voice of God that I believe is going to help you tremendously. If you're in that process of sort of developing your hearing ear and you just want to hear God more clearly, definitely stay tuned because this week's episode is absolutely for you. Just before we jump into it, I do just want to mention one more time that uh, my, my sort of brand new media platform is up and running, Simple Power Media. You can find it at simplepowermedia.com, sort of a centralized hub where you can connect with me through social media, send me messages, questions, and stuff like that. But it's also um, giving you access to training material and, and resources for just going deeper in your walk with the Lord and growing in this area of experiencing God's presence and God's power in your life in personal and practical ways. So uh, that having been said, let's go ahead and jump into this week's episode. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, just to lay a little bit of foundation here, Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That was, of course, in response to the devil's uh, attempt, first attempt to uh, tempt Jesus. And the first temptation was, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. Jesus responds to him saying, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Just a side note, this doesn't have anything to do with the discussion, but if you pay attention right there, Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone. So anybody who maybe is struggling in their mind with the idea that Jesus actually became a man, that while he walked on this earth, he was full God and fully man. I know that when we teach things like this, when we teach about Jesus the way that I typically teach about Jesus, that there can be some criticism and some people are not in agreement with that. There are um, sections of our faith that really don't believe that Jesus actually became a man and that it's actually sacrilegious or blasphemous to say that he became a man. Out of his own mouth, he says it right there. He's talking about himself. He's responding to the enemy's attack on himself and he says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So there it is, out of the mouth of Jesus Christ himself. But anyway... He says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word. And that word there, that original Greek word there for word is the word rhema. We have logos and we have rhema when we're talking about the the word word in the New Testament. And every time we're talking about the word of God and it's the word logos, it's referring to scripture, to the Bible, to the word in print. When we are, but when it's the word rhema, that word rhema is actually referring to the breathed word of God. It's when God speaks to you personally. Now, it doesn't mean that God speaks to you against the authority of scripture because God will never, ever, ever do that. Everything that God speaks to you will always be in alignment with his written word because the word of God, the written word that he's given to us is our foundation. It is the authority that governs our lives, period. But both are important, and I believe that both are essential, the logos and the rhema. And I just think that so many times the body of Christ tends to put rhema or hearing the voice of God on some kind of pedestal that makes it really difficult for the regular average person to attain to. I know that for a long time, 
growing up and even at the beginning of my ministry years, I would look at hearing the voice of God as something that was so difficult and it was frustrating. It was hard to understand what God was doing and how he was leading me and being led by the spirit. And I would look at these great men and women of faith, you know, these people that were doing incredible things for God and these prophets and apostles and you know, big deal ministers. And I'd be, oh, they're hearing God. And they're always talking about hearing the voice of God. And so I always elevated it. And it's like, that's just for them. That's reserved for this elite type of Christian. And it's just so not true. It is the desire of God for you to hear his voice, not just once in a while, not just for like huge, big picture things, like who you're going to marry and where to move and all that kind of stuff. But like everyday practical stuff, God is in communication with his sons and and his daughters. He loves to talk to you. He wants to speak to you. And so Jesus says that we actually live by every rhema that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Every word that God speaks to you personally, you live by that. It's life to you. And so God wouldn't put this in the Bible and say, we live by his voice and then hold it off in front of you like something that's so difficult or impossible or frustrating and and just tough to get to. No, he makes his voice plain. And so many times I think it really just comes down to becoming aware of his presence in our lives, which is what we talk about, experiencing the presence and the power of God practically, personally in our lives. And so I want to talk today about a particular aspect of hearing the voice of God that has really helped me tremendously. It's helped me to grow so much in this area to just become more aware and even more confident in my own ability that's not anything because of who I am, but because of the fact that I belong to God. It's it's an innate ability that you and I, every child of God has to hear the voice of God because we were actually created in his image. We are spirit beings and we are connected to the Father by way of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. He's not distant from us. He doesn't come and go. He lives. He has set up his residence within you. And so you have access to the voice of God, and he loves talking to you, okay? So this particular aspect, I call this the Holy Spirit nudge, becoming aware of those moments when the Spirit of God is nudging you. And, you know, you think about a nudge as this kind of little, you know, you, you, you nudge somebody, you bump into somebody, you let them know that you're there, or you let them know that, hey, I've got something to tell you, I, I've, I have something to show you. You know, maybe um, husband and, and wives do this a lot, maybe from across the room, they know each other so well that even from across the room, crowded room, they can't hear each other, but they can give each other a certain kind of a look to let the other one know that they have something to say or that something's going on or whatever. There's that sort of nonverbal communication that comes with when you know somebody very, very well. And the more you get to know God, the more you become acquainted with him, the more you develop that relationship with him, you'll just begin to become more and more aware as, as you, and, and it's a conscious thing, becoming more and more aware of his presence in your life and when he's moving, when he wants to lead you, when he's saying something to you or when he has something on his heart that he wants to show you. Let me just, before I even explain it, let me just give you a, just a practical example, something that's happened in my life over and over again. But I remember, there's a few of these that I just remember so vividly, so clearly. This is a few years back. I was sitting on the couch. I was watching TV with my family. It was nighttime. I, I don't know what time it was, but I remember that it was dark outside and uh, just kind of 
unwinding from the day, sitting there relaxing, not really thinking about anything spiritual or anything like that, just kind of having some family time. And all of a sudden, God just spoke to my mind so simply and so subtly that I very easily could have just dismissed it and said, I'll do that later or whatever. But it was this simple, subtle, just the divine thought that came into my head. And God was like, step outside for a minute. I want to tell you something. That's all it was. It wasn't some big profound thing. It wasn't some, you know, life shattering thing. It wasn't an audible voice. It wasn't a crazy vision or anything like that. I didn't get knocked on my face. I didn't cry. It wasn't anything like that. In fact, I was really, really close to just dismissing it. You know how you get those thoughts in your head that sometimes just come up where you're like, you know what? I should read my Bible. I should spend some time with Jesus. I should do this. And so many times you think that's just you thinking and you're quick to turn it off and dismiss it. And you're like, well, I'm busy right now. I'll do that later. But so often that's just the voice of the Holy Spirit. And he's directing you into something because he has something to share to you. That's what I mean by a Holy Spirit nudge. He's He doesn't just come off immediately just unloading information and revelation on you. I'm not saying he doesn't do that. He definitely can do that too. But I'm talking about specifically this aspect, becoming aware of those moments where the Holy Spirit just kind of giving you that elbow, just kind of nudging you saying, hey, step outside. I want to show you something. Maybe it's something so subtle that he calls your name in your head, uh, whatever it is. But my encouragement to you is when that happens, just begin to respond. So on that particular night, like I said, I was really close to just dismissing it. Like, okay, I'm supposed to spend some time with God, but I can do that later. I'm with my family right now. I'm kind of busy. We've got this thing going on. I don't want to interrupt it. Could have done all that stuff. But I recognized in that moment, you know what? Hold on. This is God. And so I just stood up. I just dismissed myself. Hey, hey guys, I'll be right back. I stepped outside and as soon as I stepped outside, I was stepping off of the porch onto the, the pavement of the driveway. As soon as I was making that step, the Holy Spirit just began to speak to me. And he spoke to me so clearly in a way that I was able to understand. And it was a big deal. He gave me some really... Um, powerful revelation for me personally that I needed to hear, just kind of repositioning me on some areas and getting me back on track with some things. And it was a really awesome encounter that I had with God that night. But guess what? The whole thing from the time that he started to speak to me until the time he was done speaking to me, it was like a minute. It wasn't my whole night. It didn't ruin my evening. I, I did worship for a few minutes because I was just overwhelmed by his goodness. And so I stayed outside for a few minutes and just kind of just talked to him about what he had talked to me about and stuff like that. But then I went back inside and I was able to continue my evening with my family. He didn't, he knew what was going on. And I think that so often the Holy Spirit will actually call you in the midst of busyness, in the midst of maybe you're working or maybe you're trying to go to bed or maybe he even wakes you up in the night or maybe you're with your family or maybe you're with your friends or whatever. And you may have something going on, but in the midst of that, if you'll just be willing to respond to that subtle nudge of the Holy Spirit and say, hold on a second. If you're with people, just, hey, uh, excuse me, guys, for just one second, step away. Just be like, okay, God, what's up? And just it, because when he calls you aside that way, it's because he has something to share with you. There's a couple of really cool examples of this that I'd like to share with you. The first one is in Exodus chapter three, and you're probably familiar with the story of Moses at the burning bush. But if you pay attention to the to the nuances of the story, I think it's really, really powerful. So Moses is walking with this herd of sheep, their flock of sheep, forget 
uh, let's just say flock of sheep. He's, he's, yeah, that makes sense. So he's with the sheep and they're his father-in-law's sheep. He's working, he's doing his job and he's, he's kind of on his way back and he ends up at Horeb, which is known in scripture as the mountain of God. So he's in this place and he's walking with these sheep and he's just going about his day. He's doing his job. And then all of a sudden he sees this bush that the Bible says it's being, it's burning, but it's not being consumed. And of course that grabbed his attention. So Moses in verse three, he says, let me turn. He's just kind of thinking out loud or thinking to himself. Let me now turn aside and see what this site is, why this bush does not burn. Verse four says that when, when the Lord saw, check this out. When the Lord saw that Moses turned aside to see the burning bush, to see this site, that he began to speak to him. When, when the Lord saw that Moses actually stopped what he was doing and he actually turned aside, that's when he began to speak. And of course, this is where Moses has this huge conversation with God, where God starts talking to him about delivering his people and going back to Egypt and setting the people free. Obviously a major moment in all of our lives, really in history. Right. And so, but it started with this thing. Now you might say that a burning bush is not that simple, but I want you to pay, or excuse me, not that subtle, but I want you to pay attention to the, the idea of what's happening here. God waited for Moses to step aside for a moment. And as he stepped aside, that's when he began to speak. And he says to him, Moses, don't get any closer. Take the shoes off your feet because the ground that you're standing on is holy. And then as Moses did that, he responded. And then God just began to unfold revelation to him and talk to him about what he needed to talk to him about. Just that turning aside, just be willing in life, just be willing to, to recognize the voice of God as it comes not dismissing it because if you dismiss it, and what I've discovered is that if you don't actually respond right away, it just becomes really easy to miss the moment. And it doesn't mean that God won't bring that moment back around. It doesn't mean that you're doomed. It doesn't mean any of that because he's such a faithful God and father. But when you're just willing in that moment to say, all right, let me drop what I'm doing. Take a second, take a minute, two minutes, five minutes, whatever it takes. And just to step aside, to turn aside Holy Spirit, what's up? What do you want to talk to me about? And just positioning yourself in that way. Another example that I really like is in 1 Samuel chapter 3. And uh, this is where the prophet Samuel, he's still a, a boy. He's young. He says that he doesn't yet know God that way. He, he didn't yet know the voice of the Lord. And so he's laying in bed one night and he hears his name, Samuel. And so he gets up and he runs to Eli. And he says, Eli, you called me. What's up? And Eli's like, no, I didn't call you. Go lay back down. So he goes and lays back down. He hears his name again, Samuel. So he gets up. Eli, you called me. What's up? I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Third time, Samuel. He gets up, goes to see Eli. Eli, I know you called me this time. What's going on? And so then Eli realized, okay, I'm not calling him. There's nobody else here. So it must be the voice of God. And so now Eli begins to instruct Samuel. Samuel, just go lay back down. And if you hear your name called again, just respond, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. I love that Eli gave him that advice, by the way, because it's interesting that prior to this, leading up in, in, in the beginning of the book of Samuel, we get this picture that uh, there was not, there was no widespread revelation in those days. The people were not hearing God's voice in a normal way. And Eli had some sons that were doing some pretty terrible things and God wasn't happy. God wasn't pleased with them. And so they were supposed to be in this priestly family or they were in this priestly family, but they weren't following through with it. And so th there was no widespread revelation in those days. But I love the fact that Eli, who was 
very much a member of the older generation, he recognizes the voice of the Lord coming to this boy, to this young Samuel, and he actually encourages him in it. He instructs him in it, and he actually helps him to be empowered to understand this is God speaking to you and to press into it. And I just want to say to any parents out there, grandparents, pastors, ministers, leaders, wherever you are personally, in your life right now with receiving revelation from God and hearing the voice of God and stuff like that. You know, so many times we can allow our own biases and stuff like that to get in the way and we can actually hold back uh, whether it's our children, our actual children or our spiritual children, those that we're mentoring or whatever the case may be. But I just want to encourage you, don't hold them back. If you start to see that God is doing some tremendous things in their lives and maybe they're going to surpass you, quote unquote, or maybe they're going to do things or they're doing things already that you've never done, or maybe they're hearing God in a way that you've never heard him before or on a different level or whatever, don't squash that. Don't don't take on an approach that says, oh, well, I've never experienced that or God's not talking like that right now. God's not going to do that no, 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 no. When you recognize that God is doing something in the life of somebody else, I just want to encourage you. We all need to get better at empowering and raising people up, raising up the next generation, raising up those that we're mentoring and not trying to maintain some kind of status above them, but actually helping them to step into that position and authority in a greater way. I love the fact that Eli empowered this young man or this boy, I don't know how old he was, to experience God in a personal way, even though that wasn't like the normal thing, even though his own family, his own sons hadn't been experiencing that for themselves. And he could have very easily just kind of dismissed it and been like, oh, whatever. He doesn't hear from God. God doesn't talk like that. No, 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 no. Let's make sure that we're not holding other people back, even on the basis of our own experiences and stuff like that. But wherever you are right now, I just believe that God wants to increase you. He wants to speak to you more clearly, more openly, more often. I believe that he just wants you to become more and more aware of his voice and of his presence in your life so that you can be led by the Spirit of God and really empowered for all that he's calling you to do and all of life. All right, so... Before I got onto that, what was I talking about? Okay, so so Samuel goes back and he lays down. And so now Samuel's in bed and now he knows what to do. So he hears the voice again. This time he hears his name called twice, Samuel, Samuel. And he says, yes, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And that's when God began to give him this pretty intense revelation of some things that he was getting ready to do, that he was inviting Samuel in to be a part of it. But again, God waited for Samuel to respond. He called his name several times. Samuel wasn't responding to the right voice. He was responding thinking that it was something else or somebody else. And that happens to us as well. We, we, we can dismiss God's voice thinking that it was just us thinking or whatever. But Samuel, excuse me, God waited for Samuel to respond, to say, yes, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. But here's the cool thing too. He didn't just give up after Samuel missed it the first time. God was so faithful in that moment to just continue to call his name and to wait for him to respond. And when he responded, when he turned aside, when he stepped aside, not physically, but in his heart, when he positioned his heart to receive and to hear from God, that that is the moment when God really just began to speak Uh, and to give him the revelation that he wanted him to have. So I really just want to encourage you. I could actually give you some more examples, but I've already been talking a lot here, so I'm going to start to wind this down. But I really just want to encourage you. Actually, let me just tell you this. If you want to um, 
read a really cool account of this. First Kings chapter, I think it's chapter 19. It's when Elijah is running from the prophet Jezebel. And you may be familiar with the story when he's up on the mountain and he's trying to hear from God and God tells him, go stand out on the mountain. And and he's waiting for the voice of God and this earthquake comes and this great fire comes and this great wind comes and God's not in any of it. And we, you and I would all be thinking, I guess I'm going to just go ahead and tell you the story. You and I would all be thinking in that moment, oh, well, God must be in the fire. He told me to come out here and to hear him. He must be in the fire. Wasn't in the fire. Well, he must be in this earth shattering, shaking earthquake. He must be there. He wasn't in the earthquake. He must be in this wind. He's not in the wind. And then, and then the Bible says that Elijah heard a still small voice and in the margins and the notes of my Bible and maybe in yours as well, it says something like this, a a gentle whispering voice wasn't some big, huge thundering from heaven sound that like startled him. And it was a, it was a gentle whispering voice. It was the internal voice of God. He heard God speaking to him. And in that moment, here's what he did. It's really cool. He gets, he, he wraps his face up in his mantle. In other words, let me block out everything else and just focus in on God right now. God, what are you saying? And then that's when God began to speak to him, tell him everything he needed to hear, repositioned him, encouraged him, built him back up because he was in a really horrible place in his own mind at that point. And, um, it, it was just awesome what God did, but it was, he, he heard that still small voice, that gentle whispering voice. And then he responded by just blocking everything else out and tuning his heart to the Lord. And uh, it doesn't say that he said this, but okay, God, what's up? And so I just want to encourage you, you know, when you have those moments, because you're going to have those moments, just become more and more aware. Just be consciously aware. Become more and more conscious of the presence of God in your life. I believe with all my heart that you live in the presence of God. We live in his presence because he lives inside of us. And so we're closer to God than we realize. And so just becoming aware of where you stand, of where you're seated Ephesians 2, 6, you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Become more aware of what you carry. You carry the presence of God. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Just become aware of how close you are to him as you go throughout your day. And then you'll just automatically become more aware. And when he just drops those little thoughts, those little, little nuggets, those little nudges, and he's like, hey, I'm here. I have something I want to share with you. Just don't overthink it. Don't worry about how busy you are at the moment. Believe me, God knows that you're busy. He knows what's going on. He knows that you're at work or he knows whatever the case is. He knows and he's choosing to speak to you, which means that it's actually okay. So just be willing to respond. Holy Spirit, what's up? Just tune your heart to him. If you have to step away, dismiss yourself, whatever. Maybe you can just stay right where you are, but just kind of make a decision to just kind of What's up, God? Tune your heart to him and then just wait for those first thoughts that he just brings across your mind as he begins to speak to you. I promise you, uh, the, the more you learn to just respond quickly in the moment to what God is saying to you, to those gentle nudges, to that still small voice, to that gentle whispering voice of God, to those subtle things. And sometimes it'll be a voice. Sometimes it'll be a thought. Sometimes it might be a vision or just like a picture or something like that, that he flashes across the screen of your mind. Sometimes, um, it might be, he might call your name. Like, like we saw with Samuel, whatever the case may be, just be willing to recognize that his presence is in your life 
and respond to it and you'll begin to hear more clearly and more consistently. So thank you guys so much for joining me this week. I really appreciate you being here. It truly means the world to me. I really hope that this was a blessing to you and that it really helps you to grow in this area of hearing God's voice because I believe that it is so essential. The voice of God is not an add-on or an extra to the Christian life. It's not something that comes after you've been following God for 5 or 10 or 20 or 50 years. It's something available to you right now, no matter where you are, how long you've been following God, like whether you're in ministry or not, it doesn't matter. You are a child of God. You belong to Him, and He loves to speak to you. He's longing to speak to you. He wants to share His heart with you. So just begin to respond, but have this confidence, have this assurance within you that you are able to hear the voice of God, that you are positioned to hear the voice of God, and that you have a perfect Father who loves you so much that He is always desiring to speak to you. You guys have an awesome week. I look forward to being back with you next time for episode 56. See ya.